The FCC, an appointed body, not elected, answerable only to the president, decided on its own that radio and television were the only two parts of American life not protected by the First Amendment to the Constitution. Why did they decide that? Because they got a letter from a minister in Mississippi. A Reverend Donald Wildman in Mississippi heard something on the radio that he didn't like. Well, Reverend, did anyone ever tell you there are two knobs on the radio? But hey, Reverend, there are two knobs on the radio. One of them turns the radio off, and the other one changes the station. Imagine that, Reverend, you can actually change the station. Welcome back to the second hour of Hoosier Sophisticate here on WGNU920AM.com, 920AM on the St. Louis Airwaves. We've got the next senator of the state of Missouri, as long as we all go out there and do what we need to do on August 7th. Austin Peterson is in studio with us. How are you, Austin? Doing great. I'm thinking about my Ronald Reagan these days when he said it was a time for choosing. Uh, This is the issue of this election, whether a small intellectual elite can run our lives for us better than ourselves and we abandon the dreams of self-government or whether we take it upon ourselves to, to govern ourselves, uh, to, to say that we believe in liberty and individualism. I think this race, probably more than many others in the entire country, is about authoritarianism versus libertarianism. Uh, and I am the only one who doesn't fall in the authoritarian ranks in this Republican Senate primary here in Missouri. Man, I cannot agree with that statement anymore. And Austin, as a as a voter, as someone who's had my finger um, on the Republican Party here in, in the state of Missouri for the last few years and, and have honestly I've been discouraged um, to see a, a few really great conservative candidates essentially uh, ran over by what I would uh, uh, deem the machine. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I got to tell you, I'm a little – Frustrated with the Republican Party on a national level and on the state level, um, as some some news came out uh, in the last couple of weeks was it I think about a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. where they were going to suspend a rule yeah. uh, or or change a rule outright yeah. um, that allows the national party to essentially fund a candidate in the primary. Yeah, it's a bad sign. Bad sign, no matter what. I mean, bad sign on that they think maybe that Josh can't beat me, right? Meaning that they if they can't win, they have to change the rules. Uh, or or it could be that. Or it could be that they're afraid of Claire McCaskill and they don't think they can beat Claire. I haven't seen a poll with Josh Hawley where he's just dominating Claire McCaskill. He's either neck and neck or he's within the margin of error or he's losing. Um, I think that the, the you know VP Pence coming to Missouri, I think the President Trump coming to Missouri is, a, is about propping up their golden boy who has really burned a lot of bridges made a lot of enemies and made a lot of mistakes in the last year by not campaigning, by pretending like it was going to get handed to him. Missouri's a show-me state. It's not an entitlement state. This isn't New York or California where, you know, you know Republicans who have progressive bents like Josh Hawley does, especially on gun control, uh, can get away with that. I think the grassroots are angry. But here's the thing. If the grassroots don't combine, if we don't get behind my – I'm the only solvent anti-establishment campaign, by the way, debt-free, cash flow – you know, spent my money wisely. Not, you know, I don't have a single dollar of campaign debt. Not one dollar. That's incredible. Win or lose. And it's all come from the grassroots. Everything that I've raised, I've raised from the 40,000 phone calls. You know, Holly didn't do that. You know, he's got like 10 people from the swamp that are supporting him through all these packs and dark money, things like that. He doesn't have any grassroots behind him. The only problem is we, the grassroots, are pretending like there are actually other real options on the ballot. There just aren't. I'm the only other, like, not Josh Holly candidate who can actually win. 
You know, I'm, I'm glad you, you, you brought up the swamp there because the idea that the vice president, uh, Mike Pence, comes to Kansas City and kind of stumps for him. And then two weeks later, the, the president himself, as if he has nothing better to do, is going to come and do the same thing. You wonder how effective Pence was in that and really how much appetite there is uh, for Josh Hawley as the candidate. It seems completely antithetical to the drain the swamp uh, rhetoric that we that we heard throughout uh, President Trump's campaign. And, and even, you know, two years into his uh, his tenure, the idea was to drain the swamp to defeat the machine and and we are literally seeing it right now where they are there's a, an amount of subterfuge to come from the the national party and the state party to pick a candidate when there's been 11 republican candidates and like and, and I, I do want to touch on mm-hmm. on the other ones um that that we, we are now at july 13th august 7th is the primary at this point if you are if you are true to conservatism if you're true to uh, the grassroots movement we can't pull in a dozen different directions and expect to to beat this Leviathan that is actively working against the grassroots. At yeah. some point, you have to look at your campaign and see what the viability of it is. It is. And and here's the thing. The FEC reports are due. Like We have to show our cards, like how much we've raised uh, as candidates. And you know, Holly's fundraising reports have been submitted. Our fundraising reports have been submitted. Claire McCaskill's fundraising reports, I think she raised $4 million Unreal. in the last quarter. Unbelievable. She's a juggernaut. Uh, and then there's the other, the underdog candidates with which I am one. But then, like half of the people on the ballot on the Republican side either haven't reported a single federal dollar raised, not one federal dollar reported raised. Uh, and then the other ones are the other two are in debt, massive debt. You can't just turn around on a dime and then beat Claire McCaskill in two months. Expect it's going to get handed to you. You need a functional, solvent statewide campaign. Now that's that's just the bricks. I mean, that's just you have to have a, a statewide campaign that can actually move and has a, a base. The, th- the thing is, some of the people who are not supporting me uh, as, but they want to support an anti-establishment ca- uh, candidate are not supporting me because they take a, a stand on certain issues that they say, well, Austin isn't with me on this issue, right? Or maybe the Austin isn't with the president on this issue, so they can't support me. And they're taking an all-or-nothing approach. But don't make the perfect the enemy the good, because now we've got an actual chance. If There's no do-overs on August 7th. Exactly. You know, it's not, there's no runoff. It's not like you can say, okay, well, now it's just Josh and Austin, and now I can decide to vote anti-establishment. If we split this vote, we lose. And, and it's by design. I've never seen the establishment so heavily coordinated behind a a campaign as they are with this one with Josh Hawley versus Claire McCaskill. But the crux of this is is that I think that they don't even think Josh Hawley can win. I think that this is, in many ways now, it's just about the consultant class of politics and the special interests who want to make sure that for at least two months that the millions of dollars that are going to be flowing through a Republican campaign in Missouri are going to be going to you know, put food on their table, but they're not doing what's in the best interest of the people of Missouri. And many of these other grassroots candidates are now, I respect people who want to put their name out on the ballot and want to do it, but if by now you can't make it, if you haven't raised money, and if you haven't got name ID and endorsements, and if you don't have an actual functional statewide campaign with your freaking yard sign runners hitting the state like mine are right now, you need to, to do what's right for your country. And, you know, I can appeal to people's patriotism all day, but at the, frankly, at the end of the day, like egos rule in politics, yes. unfortunately. Unfortunately. And the president makes some, fo- some, some foibles with supporting Josh, so he doesn't get a free pass with doing what he's doing because he should vet these people more. Uh, but I will say that I do think that the president in some ways is, is, I won't say absolved, but I would say that in some ways he doesn't have the time 
to know to study and to study everything that's going on. You know, he's dealing with international diplomacy, right? He's going to G7 summits, so he's not worrying about a primary in Missouri because if Josh ultimately loses, again, the seat was already Democratic. Yeah, they want it and want to, want to pick it up, but I mean, again, you know, some some Republicans honestly would rather deal with Claire McCaskill because she can be bought, right, rather than someone like myself because I can't. No, I, actually, Austin already answered my question, but I was just going to say, doesn't Trump, like somebody at that level, just kind of have somebody whisper in the ear, his name's Josh, Republican, Missouri, you like him, go, you know, something like that. Yeah, when he came out here last Christmas, I heard on the tarmac, somebody pointed him, was like, Josh is the guy. He's like, all right, he's the guy. So he just endorsed him right there. Um, and people like, in, in Missouri, people like Trump. This is a Trump state, so they know what they're doing. They want to bring out the president here, but they're bringing him out during a primary, and that's a bad sign for Josh. It shows that he's not strong in the primary. Otherwise, they would just come out in the general election instead of trying to make everybody angry because they have to understand that, like, they will be – they are angering people. Because, again, you know, I'm not a MAGA candidate in a sense, right? That hurts me a little bit, but I'm, a, I'm the liberty candidate. But the guys who are – who are really just going hard for that Trump vote – who are not, you know, who ironically aren't endorsed by President Trump. Like they, you know, they get a fair shot too. Like the president should hear them out, get give them a shot. Uh, that's not happening, um, and it's it's a shame because again, this is probably the easiest seat we could pick up. But I'm the only candidate who who's performing double digits in a state Trump won by 19 points. But the Republicans again, they'd rather lose with someone they can control than win with someone they can't. That you literally just answered uh, what I was just going to say, which. Essentially, it's so disheartening, and it, it, it is—it's a—it's a perfect little uh, picture of of the state of of the party itself to be so disconnected uh, from what the grassroots wants, mm-hmm. from from what people that value individual liberty want. How do we get so far away from this from this idea of what uh, you know classic liberalism, classic republicanism used to be? She had the most vulnerable seat in the Senate. Mm-hmm. There, and and honestly, she did. She did the, the last six uh, six years ago. She was she was but, a, a, a flippable candidate. But just remember, she's the least popular member of Congress, the bottom, lowest, least popular. But yet, Josh can't beat her in the polls. They, she, the, whoever the Republican candidate is, who does Claire, beat her in the be polls, though? Uh, well, you're talking to him right now. If I'm That's if right. I'm the Republican primary nominee, uh, I was joking uh, on the the bus the way down here from Kansas City. I was telling my campaign manager, I was like, you know, if we're 19 points ahead of Claire, you know what we ought to do? Refuse to debate her. Just go, you know, go on vacation with to learn. Say, hey, we're learning lessons from Todd Aiken. I kid you, you know, not. That's exactly what Todd Aiken should have done. He would have won. <laughs> yeah, sure. Go on vacation for three months. But what if we just said, do what they're doing to us in the Republican primary? Oh, well, Joshua won't debate. He refuses to debate. So if I'm 19 points ahead of Claire, maybe I just shouldn't <laughs> debate her, right? Well, and, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, I, I, you, you talked about how everybody has the right to put their name on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Everybody has the right to vote their conscience. Mm-hmm. But it's some, there has to be an air of pragmatism about it if you actually value conservatism and liberty. So, you know, we, we have this idea that, um, you know, I, I, I see these people, well, no wall, no vote. Well, oh, yeah. that – it's frustrating to me because these are the same type of people who would argue fervently for the Second Amendment without realizing the irony in the fact that you would have to trample the Fifth Amendment in order to build a wall across 3,000 miles of private land. Right. You know, and, and so there – uh, it's a call to voters to 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 fall back on on principles, right? Not just who the rock star is and what they're saying, but also what do you actually believe? Well, here's a real brain buster for you. What if, uh, and this will be in line with actual conservative principles, what if instead of snatching up all the land through eminent domain, 
What if Trump's corporation buys up all the land, puts casinos up down there, and then just has private security on the border if the ranchers want to sell it off? Oh, wait. What do you mean? You don't think that people would do that, that the private person wouldn't do it? So, oh, okay, so, but you're okay with forcing the, the government forcing people to do it. Well, hey, or, or what if we just let the states decide, uh, the states can decide whether or not they want to put up a border wall instead of forcing Missouri, which is not a border state, to have to pay for it? In the, in the Federalist Papers, Alexander Hamilton talked about the whole point of having a union uh, and one of the m- most important points they made was that the border states would be want to go to war or to have friction with uh, our neighboring countries, Mexico. Uh, and the whole point of the states, the northern states or the midwestern states that are not border states, is that we having an equal amount of senators, two senators to each, would have an equal voice. Because you know, if Texas wanted to annex part of Mexico, maybe we'd want to do that. Maybe we don't. Maybe, but we get a voice in that as well. And Missouri is not a border state, and so I think we should look at the interests of what is in the best interest of Missouri. How about Missouri first? How about it. how about not taxing Missourians to pay for for a wall on the southern border? Um, how about that? But again, you know that's conservative principles. Yes. But, but you know what? Nobody can debate me on this topic effectively. No one has has come to the table and been able to debate me. I hate to sound like an arrogant PRI. You know what? But the fact of the matter is, is that anybody who comes up with me in this debate walks away not believing in this wall. And also that actually ties into our entire first hour was was about uh, the state of, of civil discourse and the idea that we can unpack complex issues like a border wall yeah. in three-minute clips. It's simple. It's just a wall. It, just build Three-minute clips. You know, you got to talk about this. Yeah. you got to unpack it in, a, in an hour, two-hour discussion, and then you're just scratching the surface yeah. as to why philosophically it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I can't have an honest conversation with someone who doesn't – who has a complete ignorance of American history on the subject of immigration because the basics are people say, well, this is the federal government's job. Well, that's not that's if you want to make America great again, then you have to go back to what the original role of the Constitution was, which was that it had uniform rules for naturalization. But it didn't say a damn thing about immigration because the founding fathers wanted millions of people to come here. And so we only started restricting when we were worried about the Chinese immigrants and we needed the Chinese Exclusion Act. Boom. There's your first immigration law. Defend the Chinese Exclusion Act. Right? That's, that's why that's why we have so many Chinese restaurants in the country, it is. isn't it? Yeah, I think you heard that. Right. So, yeah. So we've. Yeah, of course. Because there was an exclusion to the Chinese Exclusion Act if you met this, right? But try and pass the Chinese Exclusion Act today. Try and pass uh, an Italian or, you know, the know-nothings wanted to stop the Italian Catholics, right, or the, the Irish, Irish Catholics. Sure. We, we didn't want to stop those. But try and do something like that today. It's really easy as a politician. If I really just wanted to get elected more than anything else, what I would do is I would find some group that had no power and just start demonizing them and putting all because they would have no power to fight back. And I would just say, hey, this group of people are, are, the, are the cause of your problems. Like, uh, that, like that racist Democrat mayor of, um, of Washington, D.C., Marion Barry who was caught talking about the dirty Chinese shops in Washington, D.C. They didn't like them and their businesses there. So Marion Barry was saying some very awful, horrible, racist things because, of course, the Democrats, you know, Republicans get called racist all the time, but the Democrats give themselves a free pass. Listen, Lyndon B. Johnson was the statesman of all oh, states. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. But, again, uh, the problem with immigration is is that most people are ignorant of history. Anybody who wants to debate me on this, I challenge you to a duel. Uh, bring it on. 
I'm sick and tired of talking about this issue because, uh, again, there's like 10 scholars on immigration that, that really are having, like, have a good, thorough knowledge. And, I, and I, again, this is, sounds really arrogant, but I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that if you can't have an, a, a, a rational debate about this without getting emotional or tell, telling me about evasion or talking about, you know, like, you know, raping white women and things like that, then, you know, again, let's go back to Atticus Finch. Let's talk about To Kill a Mockingbird. Let's talk about the lessons. Are we that, allowed to read that anymore? Yeah, no, right, exactly. Another one of those banned <laughs> books. It's offensive, Craig. <laughs> yeah. But again, we can't have these topics because we've, we're economically and historically illiterate because our educational system has failed us. And we, that's another thing we talk about. They don't teach us how to think uh, in, in the education system. They teach us how to remember things. And when you judge uh, maybe a, a teacher's performance or something like that based on standardized testing, it gets away from uh, critical thinking and it, and it becomes this uh, just a memorization uh Practice, That's right? correct. Yeah, exactly. It, you know, Thomas Sowell, a famous economist, I think once famously said, "Is like the problem isn't that they don't know enough, right? The problem is that they're not they're not taught how to think." Right, or, and we're taught what to think, yeah. right, and what to say, and, and so that's problematic. Because, oh, campaign bus just went by. Um, yeah, un- unfortunately, uh, the the because of the educational system in our country, it has lent lent us to uh, to grow this massive government in order to essentially furnish. The kinds of supply, the redistribution of wealth that is necessary in order to maintain the quality of standards of living that Americans feel that they are entitled to or that they deserve, rather than the sort of Randian concept of greatness, of individual greatness, of accomplishment, where people are looking forward to getting old and collecting welfare and you know Medicaid, Medicare, and and you know Social Security checks, rather than trying to build themselves into private markets, private accounts. You know, they think that the government needs to take care of us from cradle to grave. I mean, frankly, you know, Republicans have not been good on this issue either. They don't have the guts to, to talk about uh, welfare reform. And uh, certainly the, the Democrats are the party of big government, statism, and of welfare. They're, they're the party of the welfare state. And unless we fight back and unless we put real liberty-loving, you know, constitutional conservatives or libertarians into Congress, you're not going to see any changes. These, these people are spineless. Um, you know, and Holly's a rubber stamp and Claire's easily bought. So, you know, nothing changes if the other one of them wins. Sorry. No. Roll on. Uh, no, I, I – um, that's the issue with arguing politically instead of philosophically, right? When, when everything is framed within a political right. – uh, with within a political framework, then the whole entire conversation relies on zingers, buzzwords, rhetoric versus – not necessarily winning a debate, just expanding the consciousness. This is all a call back to the first hour, obviously. I, I know who Riggs is voting for. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Puppy likes me. <laughs> yeah. Cats that don't doesn't, like me, I'm a dog, dog person. For sure. Right. Isn't, doesn't immigration make us strong? Yeah. I mean, my I'm not like 12th generation American. I mean, my family came from somewhere. I mean, every, yeah. Steve loves to tell everybody he's Greek. Yeah, I do. I mean... I mean, I'm actually. People or, or, talk about fearing China, but they don't talk about the re- one of the reasons why you have to be afraid of China is because China has been liberalizing their economy, meaning that they they say, oh, well, Chinese communists. Well, they're becoming less and less communists because they're starting to participate in international free trade. Ever since Richard Nixon went to China, right? We had ping pong diplomacy, and they've started to build up their economy ever since. Now they they've made humongous mistakes. They've they've devalued their currency. They've overinvested in infrastructure, and so they've they've you know misallocated their resources uh, like communists you know, are want to do. However, China having a one billion member strong population, if they went free market, if they liberalized overnight, that's the real danger because that'd be real competition. Yep. So the response to problems of communism is not to respond, is to turn your economy 
communists, the response to people liberalizing is to liberalize even more. The response to tariffs is not to respond with a tariff. It's to respond with even like, like stronger trade mechanisms, perhaps with some of their opponents, some of the people that, yes. that are competing with them. Okay, well, we're going to open up new trade routes in Malaysia or, or the Philippines or Taiwan, Taiwan for example. For sure. Well, maybe, maybe we'll recognize Taiwan as an independent nation. Now, that's the kind of leverage and diplomacy that yes. you can have that doesn't require us to compromise our values. But, hey – Screw me, right? Like, <laughs> you know, you know what it is, Craig. No, I want to talk about this and stuff like that. This is just this is more of that. Austin's a big-headed, you know, a-hole. But the fact of the matter is, is that like we we have this populist movement happening right now in the United States, and it derides anti. It's anti-intellectual in certain aspects of it. Mm. They hate smart people. We want to destroy them because they represent this ivory tower elite. Well, I am anti-elitist too. Right, I'm, I'm, I am too. I feel that as well. But that just because something is an idea of the elite doesn't mean it's a bad idea. Right. International free trade is a good thing. That's what we used to call globalism. Now we think of globalism. We think of Soros collectivism. We think of inter- it's just the same with liberal. Liberal used to mean freedom. Right now, not anymore. Now globalism is, is something used by by skeptics of international free trade. International free trade literally is less government. That means less taxes. That means less barriers to trade. The only thing that could stop bar- a barrier to trade is war and government, right? Like in, in, and tariffs. But because of the populist wave right now, we we because of the the mindset and the attitude that we have. We look at these people and we, we are skeptical of international free trade. We're skeptical of somebody who sounds like the smart kid from class because we want to kick his ass. And, I, and you know, people come up to me and they're like, Austin, you know, like, I just don't like your attitude and stuff like that. And I completely understand why. Sometimes I can come off as a little bit of a jerk. But I also get frustrated because I'm like, there are really important concepts and things that I want to communicate to Missouri voters that I can't even have a conversation. You talk about those slogans and all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm so tempted to just be like, Make America free again, you know? Just give people those slogans because it's like that – because what's the point, right? It doesn't matter. You know, Plato, the ancient philosopher of Plato, he believed in this thing they call the noble lie. And my opponents practice it all the time because they are the elitist. They do think that people are too stupid to tell them the truth. So they just say, oh, well, here's the, here's the solution to your problem. It's a wall. Here it is. And for, as H.L. Mencken said – I'll close with this. As H.L. Mencken said, for every complex problem, there is a solution that is simple, clear, and wrong. I love it. You want to play a game with us? Yeah, let's do it. Can we uh, put them in the hot seat? we got all new questions, Seth. Yeah, spicy. Oh, yeah, we're doing the hot seat tonight. Just oh, gosh. That's all right. We don't need no music. Yeah. Unless you yeah, got way it. Way to be prepared, yeah. Seth. Good uh, job. Well, he, was, he was enthralled by it. He was enthralled by it. Uh, yeah, I was just kicking back and enjoying I just know myself. how much See, you love this piece of music. Well, you know I'm going to filibuster next to you like this, rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Steve, right. start us off. We're in the hot seat with Austin. Austin, if you could be any breed of dog, what dog breed would you be? Golden Retriever, Obby. Uh, he doesn't want to make rigs upset. No, 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 no. He's already got his vote. There's yeah, no reason in abandoning There's my it. only political answer you'll hear. <laughs> Where's your bucket list destination? Where do you got to go? Where do you want to go? Japan. Okay. Absolutely. Tokyo, Japan. Well, I might be going there this December, actually. Speaking of conference. I Love want karaoke. It. I want sushi. I want uh, freaking sake. Great show. I'm going to sumo you after this, you elitist <laughs> uh, guy. Best treat to eat that's sweet. What's your sweet go-to treat? Good stuff. Probably Snickers ice cream bar. Oh, my man. That one the other day. That's solid. Seth, oh, me? I'll take it. What is your favorite smell? Lilac. <laughs> oh, lilac is nice. Mm, isn't that weird? 
<laughs> strange, right? If you could have Soft, a... delicate line. <laughs> no, question's a little strange. I think it's a long story. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big olfactory guy. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I want to know what people's smells are. Yeah. Uh, if you could have an endless supply of anything but money. Uh, I'm trying to think something's politically correct. Uh, <laughs> not cocaine. Will give me trouble. <laughs> uh, senator, he'll have all that he wants. Right there. All right, all right. Pizza. Pizza. Okay. With pineapple. Pineapple. Yeah. No. And as the senator, I will, man- will ban pineapple on pizza. That's my first act as a junior senator from Missouri. If you could relive any day of your life, what would it be? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Great question. Oh, man. Settle down. It's not that good. Okay. Uh, Steve is so that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I don't know. Probably the day probably the day that I lost the nomination for the presidency of the United States. Because then I, like, I would know what would happen, and I could turn around and win. <laughs> okay. No, that's great. Yeah, I could go back you and had my vote. fix some mistakes. All right, mine up here. Okay, uh, first question. How does Craig look without his mustache? Did you notice that? <laughs> Nobody noticed. Yeah, I was wondering what was going on there. Yeah, I had, like, <laughs> he was, was going to buy the yeah, ticket yeah, and take exactly. the ride, but the mustache strange. is gone. He, yeah, he, he carries it around with him in his pocket. It's a disguise. <laughs> I guess if I just look at him, I'd just say, I would. Uh, there you go. Uh, I just okay. made my day. Now I'm gone, the, guys. I'll see you. Now for the real question. <laughs> for the real question. So, all right, you're on death row. Oh. What's your last meal? Oh, um, uh, ramen noodles, like really oh. good ramen, pork ramen with like wow. like two wow. eggs, like actual spicy, ramen, not yeah, the, yeah. Good spicy pork ramen tonkatsu with like big thick slices of pork, lots of noodles, lots of um, sprouts, you know, spicy, huh. spicy. We got a couple great ramen joints here. Yeah. Okay, we'll have to go go. Go. We're done here. All right, your dream job, other than of course becoming senator, or oh. any, just any anything out there that you can be that you. Need. Anything that allows me to just work for myself and not have to work for anybody else, like okay. it, it, like independent contractor, like I don't care what I'm doing as long as like I don't have a boss. As long as I can be my own boss, it's great. Time you know? free. I hate being told what to do. All right, the uh, band that doesn't exist anymore for one reason or another, you can go back in time and, and catch a concert. Go back a band that doesn't exist anymore. Sublime. I go back with love and give me lots of good fun. Bye bye. You know. Bradley Noel. I got my guitar out in the lobby just uh, saying. Oh, yeah, he brought in his guitar so he could sing Down with Sublime, you get funky, fresh lyrics. Yeah, we do. We get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that was the uh, that was the new hot seat questions. Yeah, I liked um, them. I think they're great. Um, had some, we got some, we got a little bit, uh, um, we got some, some text line here. Uh, yeah, let's see. He's my senator. Hashtag my senator. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. I would love to sit down with Austin, not to debate, but just to get more of this. And uh, what else we got here? The more biggest downfall of the mainstream Republican Party is the anti-intellectualism, which is running rampant. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's uh, uh, exclusive to the Republican Party, but it's it's certainly a, a problem with the political discourse in in this country. Well, there is very much that sort of pushback. Like we hate people like the smart kids. Like we're it's like we're sort of praising ignorance. In yeah, ignorance. I hate Craig. Uh, no, listen. Like when I ran for president, like as a libertarian, even the libertarians, we pride ourselves as being Memes. intelligent. But there were times when like Gary Johnson would screw up in debates. And people would applaud him, like, oh, ha, 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 Like, he couldn't define what a right was in a debate. I got up and answered the question for him. And people were like, this. Austin's, Austin's such a jerk. Yeah, how You're dare kiss you? kiss-butt in class, man. No, I wasn't. <laughs> were you the kid that reminded the teacher that you had homework no, on Friday right no, before the bell rang? No, but close. Like, the, the, I was... My senior superlative was teacher's pet, but no, I never betrayed my fellow students. They just, you know, 
Thank what uh, did you go to Ray Peck? Ray Peck, yeah. Okay. Ray Pecker. They were in my uh they were in my uh, districts for mm-hmm. football and everything, I think, oh, the yeah. year after I graduated. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Austin, I, thank you yeah. for coming in here. We Appreciate love having you. Having we love awesome. having a candid conversation with somebody that's going to be representing us. How um, much fun is it going to be to win? It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And I can't, I can't tell our listeners, I can't be more clear and explicit in this. We've got to get behind him on August 7th. You do not have to be a registered Republican to ask for a Republican ballot in the primary. No. You can be a Libertarian. The you can be a Democrat. Can, yeah, the Republican could win, and then it might be Josh Hawley, but you can stop it right now. August Absolutely. 7th. You can at least hedge your bet. You can put somebody in there that has your civil, li- civil liberties in mind. Make America free again. On August 7th, <laughs> make sure you go to your local polling place. Make sure you punch that card for Austin Pierce. I don't think we punch cards anymore, but make sure you mark that Scantron sheet. Hang uh, have your Have your ID ready, and have, make sure all your information is on board. Register I think it's too late to register. If, uh, no, if it's not too late to register now. If, you gotta if, be, if you're not a registered voter, it's over. If you're not in, you're not in. That's Sorry for you dragging. you got to be a Democrat to vote if you're dead. But that, <laughs> Austin, thank you so much Thanks, for coming guys. in here, man. You're we right. appreciate you. AustinForSenate.com. Thanks. A little something different for the St. Louis radio world. Who's your sophisticate? With Craig Kohler and Stephen Elgin. Who are you going to punch in the face? I was going to get Frankie Muniz. But he really? already got his. Um, that the world is right. I'm going to go with Aaron Carter, Nick Carter's little brother. Slam, slam, put it in the hoop like jam. Did anybody remember that song? Worst. I do remember that song. Thanks for bringing that back. Who's your sophisticate? Fridays from 6 to 8 p.m. here on WGNU. Sergeant Jabari Wright. In the Army, I was trained as a combat lifesaver. In 2012, had an accident and became paralyzed. I was used to working in healthcare, and how am I supposed to help people when I'm in a wheelchair now? It really severely impacted my confidence. Jim Arndt, PAVE program, Paralyzed Veterans of America. PAVE helps veterans rebuild lives with valuable careers. We assess the skills, build the resumes, and help with the interviewing skills to be able to find a career that our veterans are looking for. PVA took what I was doing in the military and helped me translate that to meaningful employment in the civilian sector. Hooking up with them helped to empower me. PAVE really concentrates on the one-on-one relationships. Unlike other programs that measure success by placements alone, PAVE places greater emphasis on quality jobs and continued support, our Partner for Life guarantee. To learn more, visit pva.org. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Hey there, sophisticated Hoosiers. Have you been to our website? Visit HoosierSophisticate.com and listen to our uncensored podcast. Share some laughs with us. Send us fan mail so we can feel warm and special. Buy our merchandise so that we can eat. Wear your Hoosier Sophisticate t-shirt at social gatherings and let the women approach you. Wear it around the office and get that big promotion instead of Ted. That's right. Screw Ted. Ted sucks. That's HoosierSophisticate.com. 
I'm Blake with Missouri Medical Cannabis Company. We provide high-quality hemp oil with CBD. Canada Dial is changing people's lives every single day. If you're looking for premium-quality CBD, check us out at momedcanco.com. Try out our 250-milligram blended bottles from just 22 bucks, or the 500 milligrams from 40 or even the 1000 from just $49.99. If you don't like the taste of oil, try our capsules. Get 30 60-milligram capsules for only 60 bucks. You need something for your pet? Check out our line of pet products online now at momedcanco.com. And as always, we have free shipping to all 50 states. So go now to momedcanco.com. Hey, Hoosiers. Greg Kohler here. With home buying season heating up, be sure to get a quote from a top agency and provider of the number one home insurer in North America. They offer coverage that's second to none. In fact, if your AC goes out, they offer a new endorsement where you can get a replacement from a local HVAC company. Give them a call, 314-961-4800. If you get a machine and you don't talk to a person, we'll give you one of these fine Hoosier sophisticated tees. Just takes one phone call or apply online at carltoninsurance.net. People do business with James because they like and trust him. Just check him out on Google and Facebook. If your insurance is costing you a leg and an arm, then call James Carlton State Farm. Hi, I'm Jay Ashcroft. Here at the Secretary of State's office, we take the integrity of our elections seriously. Missourians agreed and passed Constitutional Amendment 6. Missouri's new photo ID law is now in effect. Have questions about the new voter ID law or need to register to vote? We're here to help. Visit showittovote.com or call 866-868-3245. Remember, if you're registered to vote, you can vote. Sponsored by the Missouri Secretary of State's Office. Roof, roof? You know what that sound is. That's Rufus the Roofing Dog from Lifetime Roofing and Renovation. They're former insurance adjusters. They will fly a drone over your house to check to see if you've had any hail damage. Heck, they'll get up there and tell you themselves. They have an office in Webster Groves, and they're looking to help you out. Lifetime Roofing and Renovation, 314-800-0426. Give them a call. Find them online at lifetimestl.com. Dear Vet Ticks, it was nice to spend the night with my daughter and other veterans. It's so humbling to attend an event when you feel appreciated. I had a wonderful time with my family. Thank you for the memories, Vet Ticks. Dear Vet Ticks, thank you for a great experience and for your support of the military and veterans. Thank you so much, Vet Ticks. Our family has gone through a lot the last few years, and this gave us a nice break. Every empty seat at a concert, game, or special event is a missed opportunity to say thank you to a veteran or a service member. By giving your extra tickets to Vet Ticks, you'll help America's heroes reduce stress, strengthen family bonds, and create a truly happy memory that will last a lifetime. So when you really want to say thank you for your service, give the experience, give the memory. Vet Ticks, give something to those who gave. For more information on how you can make a difference, go to vetticks.org. Well, hello. This is Travis Terrell from St. Louis Live. My secret to being an amazing, multi-talented radio host, it's all about the three C's. Cool, chill, and composed. Are you kidding me? You're holding Jay-Z, who used to hustle and sell dope, and you're holding up to the same stature as Donald Trump, the President of the United States? Check your blood pressure. Stream us live at WGMU920AM.com. Be sure to download the app for your smartphone, and as always, stay cool. That's WGNU920AM.com. Why do people?
People make a big deal about last meals in prison. What do you want for your last meal? Well, I don't know. I kind of lost my appetite. <laughs> don't know if you heard. Going to be murdered tomorrow. <laughs> and you have to eat something. Make it a burrito. You're going to clean some shit up. <laughs> yeah. Now neither one of us are looking forward to tomorrow. <laughs> it's the uh, seven forty on your dial. <laughs> it's actually nine twenty on your dial on the seven thirty. Uh, seven thirty yeah, part of the second hour. I'm brought excited. to you by Lifetime Roofing and Renovation. Roof, roof. LifetimeSTL.com. Three one four eight zero 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 four two six. Listen, anybody I can put on a roof. These people are just awesome people. Okay, they're, they're adjusters. building a better community on they top are. of on top of building a better house. Webster Groves. They are. It's amazing to me how active, and I'm, I'm good buddies with one of the owners. How important it is yeah, to him. Yeah, how else would we give him right. yeah, Who else is coming on board? <laughs> okay. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, no, how, how at the front of his mind it always is that something is going back to the community. Somebody's being helped. Every time I've ever done some kind of fundraiser, whether it's the washer tournament that we like the Ray Memorial washer tournament yeah. the Vibe Tribe is oh, doing God, yeah. on September 1st, uh, or, I mean, we've done trivia nights with, the, with the Project 422. Every time he's shown up. Even if, if he couldn't quite get there on time, didn't matter. He comes with a pocket full of cash or something to donate. He's always so involved with, uh, with just trying to help people, people he doesn't know. It's so important to him, and I want to build a, uh, an entire group of us, a tribe of us that um, – Vibe tribe. That choose to be good neighbors. Not that are forced to be good neighbors. People that want to be good neighbors, right? No, I, I tell you all the time I keep waiting for – the owner to f up, you know, and be a, a D, and, just, and it just never happens. <laughs> it doesn't. He's so consistent. I know. He's I'm, just good at heart. It's ridiculous. His I partner's great at heart. It. Everybody there, they're made up of former insurance adjusters, so they know how to speak the language. They're going to get you what you need from the insurance company to make sure that you get a good roof put on your house. Not to mention, they do some really cool stuff. I saw like a copper roof and copper awnings that they oh, did. The slate. Oh, oh my boy. goodness. Oh, and they'll boy. do it on a house that's. Four or five stories tall. Don't Flat matter. roofs, it don't matter. They get up there, they do every kind of roof they'll, you could ever think heck, of. they'll even get up there if the drone can't reach it. They sure will. Lifetime so roofing and Yep, lifetimestl.com. 314-800-0426. Support us. Support them. Support he us. gave us that amazing uh, conversation with Austin. He made that wow, happen. Wow, that was good. You guys are really going in. I could tell you're getting more and more like a, like a boxer. You guys are feeling each other out a little bit. The only thing guys... I grabbed out of that is that he would. I know, that's right? Wagon and see what happens. Oh, I was, that's exactly where I was at. Law, don't go around here, Law. He's dog. got a great personality. Law, don't go around here. Oh, oh my it's goodness. It, that's it, a new it. one. That was that, great. That was Listen, awesome. you know, I've kind of been negative at times on the on the whole political scheme. I feel like I've been burned. Um, but he, he ignites something inside my loins that I just can't quite explain. <laughs> well, I think that well, we we're kind of talking, about loins. It, talking about it a, a little bit at the break. He's sitting there. He's petting Riggsy. Yeah. He's... He, it, it, we've got half of his attention, and that is the mark. When you're asking him a question, no, this is what he actually believes. He's yeah. not giving you a line. Yeah. He doesn't have to sit there and think and calculate what he's trying to say. He's sitting here petting a dog. He's kind of looking over there at Blake, making eyes at him, whatever. <laughs> the only time he had to get political is when we asked him if you could have an uh, uh, endless supply of something and it can't be money. He's like, oh, dang. He got a little fire in his eyes. <laughs> no, he did. He lit up like <laughs> Evan Spielberg. Right, God bless him. We, uh, Steve, we decided to to uh, do something different today, and you are the guinea pig. 
Good. Right? Yeah. Seth, you want to tell us a little bit about I'm your, a little your brainchild? Because all of the great games that are brought to you are honestly, they're the brainchild of our lovely producer, Seth. Yeah, somebody's got to do something. This one I complete. I thought to steal it. I'll say that. <laughs> I didn't steal it. I thought to steal it. Good so for I can steal you a little credit. But, you know, it's like uh, the roast. Everybody likes a good roast. People have seen the Friars Club roast before. And they, 100%. I think, uh, Bruce Willis is getting roasted on Comedy Central coming up here. So I thought to myself, let's do roast here on the show. And Steven, of course perfect candidate for the first one I, I look like bruce and we put kind it on of, our, we put it on sophisticated hoosiers earlier people can still uh, uh enter some submissions there's a great picture of steve there with his little shorty shorts and his in his stomach showing on his uh fruit booters his rollerblades uh and uh, fruit booters fruit boots <laughs> is, is that what is that what blades are yeah that's what skaters call them fruit booters <laughs> I don't know if that's PC. I don't know if it's PC at all. We love people of all types. I'll tell you that much. All right. Let's see. Uh, First up, we've got one that says, uh, Steve is what would have happened to Matthew Lillard if he pursued a career in meth and handies instead of acting. (laughs) (laughs) I have gotten the Matthew Lillard thing more than once. I can say that. Real quick, uh, 314-880-0808. If you want to uh, submit something, uh, Blake, feel free to join in. We're just going to stream of consciousness. Give me your worst. It makes me miss Greg Giraldo. He was the oh, best. He was amazing. He was so good at roasting people. And Anthony Jeselnik kind of slid, slid in there, and he and he's a, a real raunch comedian. He's pretty good at roasting people. Yeah. But, man, Greg Giraldo was just a master of his craft. Well, that one guy, he only does roast. Uh, the one guy who shows oh, up at all uh, the Jeffrey Ross. Jeffrey yeah. Ross, yeah. That's all he does. Oh, let's see here. Um, no Jeffrey or Rosses in our audience. Let's just put it that way. Steve looks like the kid in every puberty video ever. <laughs> uh, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for puberty. Steve, uh, do you have him in there too, Seth? Yeah, I got some. Oh, here, right? please. Yeah. please. Steven is, Steve isn't allowed within 100 feet of the person he borrowed those shorts from. <laughs> now, it, it bears noting that there's a picture of Steve <laughs> that's posted. Half shirt. I have children's uh, shorts. Half on. shirt. He's got some jean shorts. I can't believe he can squeeze into, but I can. And uh, it's, a, it's a really uh, it. a fabulous picture. If you know who Cucky the Dwarf is, you have definitely uh, Don't come, reveal come it on air that no, that's right. who I am. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um. Oh, that one didn't print off, Seth. That's okay. Um, let's see here. Are we missing one here? Or no, I, it just didn't. It just didn't. It, I have a good one. Someone submitted. I'll read it because that's funny. Go ahead. Um, Steve's so short he cannot reach a lot of things that are high. Oh, burn me! I have a feeling no one actually submitted. Like that burn me. Steve's <laughs> Steve's been known. <laughs> Steve's been known for being extra, just like foreskin. You can live without it. Uh, what? <laughs> Bring the bell. I got. I, I, listen. I got to reveal who who gave that one. That you was. Know, I'll give it a good, good solid ring there. Good genuine ring. <laughs> no. Don't. I muted the ring, Seth, <laughs> on purpose. Does uh, we'll get back to who said that other one? Because he he he. Was it was Roman. He it calls me Roman. extra all the time, and I don't get it. Does Steve have alopecia, or does he enjoy looking like a shaved sloth dressed as a character from a 70s teen romance? Okay, that's just, that's just mean. That's just mean. Steve people. looks like a mannequin trying to grow a beard. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? That's awesome. Danny Worsh. That Wirsch. is awesome. Uh, let's see. What, we got another trying one here. to grow a beard. Uh, oh, God. I didn't know Moby liked rollerblading. <laughs> okay. Steve looks like Gollum got a full-time job as a roller hooker. <laughs> Fantastic, guys. Oh, that's a good one. That was good. Who, wait, Steve, where's that coming from right now? That's coming from Steve. It's coming from your press. <laughs> I thought 
that was really wow. I didn't know we already had this year's Halloween costumes figured out. Huh. Steve's laugh is what a hyena would sound like if you set it down feet first in a half inch of lava and had to listen to it until it was re- completely reduced to ash. Well, I'm not against animal cruelty. Should we, so. should we read uh, Timothy Andrews? Yes. No. I, yeah, yeah, I like it. Do you, want, it. do you want this? I'll take this one. Go ahead. Steve wouldn't know how to insult somebody based on sex, race, or socioeconomic status if his successful podcast depended on it. Steve's work-slash-life balance is so healthy that his doctor resorted to asking him, what's okay with you, instead of... Uh, yeah, uh, see? Is that the one that didn't print off? Yeah, what's that was wrong, a couple What's wrong with you? That's what... Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, well, yeah, that well, kind of crashed and burned, but... Right at the end. but but it was a good one. As of the time of its writing, Seth's favorite they, so far. If they didn't put C more there, it would have fit the rest I know, of it. it would have fit. It's, um, it's Steve's breath is so bad, Roman won't even F him. Can we not say that on the air? I had to dump that one. Really? Steve's I don't, I, can, when can in doubt, drop it out. When in doubt, drop it out. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right, fine. This isn't really a roast. Steve's teeth look like his orthodontist used barbed wire as braces. Seems are my mean. teeth that bad? Seems a bit mean. <laughs> they, te- they are. <laughs> hey, Steve, can, uh, can prostitutes get unemployment? You look like you'd know. <laughs> He's so proud of himself right now. He is giggling. Oh, oh I got on Google so fast. He is giggling. He is is giggling. Uh, I can actually pull up the one that got cut off because Did it was Steve sent have- to me as a private message. Oh, no. Uh, and this person said... I can't or at least won't post because I'm a public figure, uh, but I'd like to submit a roast. I didn't know the Dallas Buyers Club had a sequel. Cheers. <laughs> when me and Plowsy get together, it's a bad look. It, it really is it's a bad, bad look. look. It's like uh, if Philadelphia and Dallas Buyers Club had a baby. Did Steve have an append- appendectomy or was that guy's... Is that or is that guy's a member that long? Oh, yeah, I don't know if we can Although say that. it was alliterative, it actually rhymed with long, yeah. and it was his member, so... Yeah. You figured that it was out. really fun. I don't know. Did we have I got, one? I got one, one, and this one I favorite? check this out. Here's a, here's an interesting one. Steve is what happens when conceived after a vasectomy, which is strange. <laughs> I was conceived after this. Hundred percent true. This one was actually he from puts a, the work and sex work. <laughs> oh. yeah. I ain't nothing gonna stop me, Blake. All right, nothing gonna stop me. Steve should be arrested and held without bail. Fashion faux pas. There, everyone knows that blues half shirts can't. Can't be worn until after Labor Day. That's true. That's, That's true. A true story. I have okay. one, another one here. Steve is so handsome that <laughs> it hurts my eyes when I see him. I've got uh, strange because this person says Steve's teeth look like his orthodontist used barbed wire. Yeah, we already said that one. I thought there was another one on my teeth. I was worried. <laughs> you already said that one. Yeah. Yeah. Pay attention. No, no. Roman. Actually, three people actually sent it in. Different people. <laughs> <laughs> In my defense, there's a couple of teeth went on here. Oh, no. Uh, Hey, Steve, look how many pages I'm holding. I see that. Steve Steve looks like Ellen DeGeneres if she asexually reproduced. (laughs) Why is he? What? MoMetCanco.com. Get all your CBD oil from that guy. Uh, The reason I root for Thunderdome is my best friend Steve is already prepared to paint his face chrome, grab the bondage gear out of his closet, and earn his spot in Valhalla. I have a gimp mask. I will wear it. I will don that. Oh, and there's a picture that goes along with it. Oh, yikes. (laughs) Yikes. I don't like that. Randall. Uh, I think that pretty much... uh, 
pretty much, uh, yeah. It's got I'd it. hate to say, it. but I think mine's the best. Steve looked we like a pea with teeth and a beard. It's ridiculous. Now he's reading his own. Stupid. No, that one, that one was actually Roman sent that one in, too. Well, that was actually someone else's. No, I like how he's uh, he's now holding. He now has control yeah. of the script. There. Right. Uh, well, none of those were good. <laughs> I will say it ended up uh, with a lot more than what we had coming into the studio. So I'm glad that uh, everybody uh, engaged us in that. Uh, I want to remind everybody that this whole production is brought to you by the guy that had a couple of good singers himself. <laughs> Blake Bell at the Missouri Medical Cannabis Company, MoMedCanCo.com. If you buy the thousand milligram bottle and you put in a little code, Hoso. H-O-S-O. Does it have to be capital H, lowercase o, capital S, lowercase o? you go o? for who's your sophisticate, baby. But does it have to be capitalized? Is it case yeah. sensitive? Yeah. Okay. okay. Make yeah. sure that case you have a capital sensitive. H. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll adjust it when, oh. I, get, when I get you back You make home. it either or? For, so by tomorrow, I'll make it both. As long as you put in the host-o. If you're a sophisticated hey. Hoosier and you put in the host-o, you're getting $10 You're going to find time between writing all this shtick you got going on here? <laughs> I don't have time. <laughs> Hey, if you you, I, you were good sport, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean you. Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm, I'm not sorry. That, I'm not taking <laughs> any of it back. That mannequin with the beard one really that got me good. Did it really? Because yeah. that was my least favorite. Oh, it just it was I, so, so funny. No, I think it's great. I, I I think it's hilarious what Steve sometimes finds hilarious, and yeah. I'm just like, boom, boom, I'm lost. Boom. I'm lost. Uh, we also do another little game. Not a game, but we just like to let people know what we're what's watching. going on out in the cloud. It's the streaming picks of the week. And how does it go, Steve? Do, 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 do. We like movies. So do we. You like internet. So do you. It's the streaming picks of the week. Why? It's the streaming picks of the week. We'll get it right one time. It's the streaming picks of the week. We like the internet, too. What are you watching? I've been really just ramping down every night hardcore on the Vietnam series that's on Netflix right now. And it is the Vietnam War, uh, Ken Burns, I believe it's the Ken Burns and Lynn Novick. I got it going right now, actually, so that's good. Um, <laughs> Great. But it's interesting. I'm a, you know, Austin was talking about if you don't really know U.S. history, I feel the same way, and I feel like I let myself down in grade school because I was not either paying attention or I wasn't taught very well. I remember one of my teachers, though, saying, you guys don't need no dates. And we're like, we don't need no dates. He's like, no, just learn what happened. Don't worry about the Probably more important. Yeah, thank you. Maybe just a touch more important. Looking back, I'm like, I need to know when that happened. Like, I know uh, Susan B. Anthony uh, made the American flag, but I don't know what year it was. (laughs) Well, um, then you fail. Right, thank you. Um, so, yeah, I've been checking that out, and it's really, uh, I mean, it's something I watch before bed and just kind of zone out and learn some history. Right on. Vietnam War, Netflix. That you watch right anything, Blake? Absolutely not. Uh, Fortnite. I watch my kids play Fortnite. Ooh, I'm streaming. Um, <laughs> Are you telling I, I, have, I have nothing. I'm on Twitch. Uh, Who's Your Sophisticate has a Twitch page now. What's that about? And it's you can live stream gaming, and I am terrible. People watch that? Uh, a lot so, of people watch. There's people it. making millions. Of a lot of people. A lot. I, I, you know, to to kind of build on that a little bit, like it's amazing how far 
professional gaming has come. Wow. And uh, around the 2002, 2003, I went with some buddies to play in a Counter-Strike tournament down in Dallas. It was a worldwide tournament. The winning team uh, split, I believe, 250 grand. It's a five-man team. And they're drone pilots now. Uh, probably. Yeah. That's all it is, right? We're making, <laughs> we're making these kids adept in, in, uh, in, uh, in killing with controllers. <laughs> <laughs> um, what have I been watching? I've been watching... Um, I've been watching a lot of that art show I talked about last week, Bright Ideas. Yeah, sometimes you get locked into the same show. Like, and, I got locked into New Girl for a while. And I just don't, I don't have a lot oh, of time. Oh, The Ranch. The Ranch. The Ranch is good. New, there's some new episodes of The Ranch that are out. And Roman also said that the uh, documentary on uh, uh, Waco was pretty Truth interesting. Truth and Lies of Waco. Truth and Lies of Waco. Tell me about that. Well, I mean, it's, it's well, it, Gary was in it for one. Gary Knopfler and the one that we had an uh, interview here yeah. on Hoosier Sophisticate. Um, but it was pretty much going through the line of most of the kids and some of the other people that made it out alive from the house. Um, and then it told, like, stories from both and which ones were lies and which ones were truth and which ones were kind of in between. You couldn't really tell whether or not it was true or false. So. Huh. Hey, what are some of your favorite stand-up uh, comedies? Because I was just telling someone about Bo Burnham. I think it's still on Netflix. Make Happy. Make that, Happy. That's a great one. That one. I mean, like. You know what I'm guilty of? I haven't watched Dave Chappelle's newest one. Really? Yeah. And oh, I need to get over that because he's never done anything bad ever. I don't no. think his stand-up's that great. I loved his skit comedy. Oh, man. Serious. I think idiots. Okay. I Killing think that uh, Killing Me Softly is a top three for me. Oh, really? so good. Um, yeah. I like some of the. Uh, I'm more of a Richard Pryor, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy when he was dirty. Sure. Yeah. When um, I look at you, I think Richard Pryor. Absolutely. Oh, I, I love look Richard at you. Pryor. <laughs> no, uh, they have some good stuff. I remember I walked down during Sam Kennison. My parents rented Sam Kennison oh, and, oh, and, oh, and Eddie oh. Murphy. And oh, yeah. when I came downstairs, it was like they were having an orgy. <laughs> and they're like, oh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, who? What? Who is that? And I remember they rented Raw, I want to say, uh-huh. and and uh, one of the Sam Kinnisons. And I remember as a kid, I was like, oh, after those mothers go to bed, I'm definitely watching this stuff. This is, you, this is good. One of my favorite comedy skits was Sinbad. Oh, yeah. Sinbad Love was great. Sinbad. Great stand-up. And it, and it was when I was a kid, I could watch it with my dad and stuff. And I remember he did this one skit where he came out and they were uh, doing a, like a 1960s throwback where they all started singing and dancing around on stage and doing this other And he could he could... Be dirty, but he can also be funny without being yeah. dirty. And it, it was it was wonderful. Will Smith, obviously. You know who I think is an underrated uh, stand-up? Um, his newest one was good, too, but it's been a while now. But John Mulaney's got some really great, yeah, people, really great stand-up. A lot of people a, love him. Did we buy you enough time, or are I you still just – he's still rifling? I, 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 here's the what thing. I've been, Patton Oswalt as a comedian? I, you know what's funny is I he's don't brilliant. agree with that guy on anything politically. Yeah. But he has to this day told the, the probably the stand-up joke – that has made me laugh the hardest, and he was actually it was uh, in the comedians of comedy, which is a if, it's great if you haven't uh, seen that Zach Galifianakis and him and uh, Brian Posehn and uh, the the gal's name escapes me right now. Obviously, um, sexist. Yeah, kid. clearly. Um, There's but, female comedians. Yeah. <laughs> oh Blake, well, come on. I mean, if, I'm, I, 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 I am a little I, bit more in the John Belushi camp. <laughs> yeah. Actually, so, so, oh, I got one. Silver Silverman is that? I got one, and I'll build I'll build off of this uh, off of this Silverman uh, comedy. Uh, comic stand-up specials. Have you seen Ali Wong's yes. stand-up? Baby Cobra, I think so it is. So me and my wife died. I was crying laughing. 
so good. And, I, and you know what? I will take the sexist angle here. There are not a lot of women that like just make me mm. belly laugh. I don't care. I'll, like Craig, I said, I'll, I'll find it in I'm me. With, I'm with you on that. There's one. just not a bunch that make me laugh. Like that's because men like you don't allow them to rise yeah, up. Yeah, that's be what funny. it is. It's not. It's not. Keep true. them in the I'm kitchen. Sarah like, Silverman will make me laugh. She, oh, there's she, a she bunch goes, of girls who make me laugh. Listen, ladies, I'm gonna stand up for you. I won't watch it for long. Right. But the funniest joke, Sandra Bernhard. I never did it for me. <laughs> Lisa Lampanelli, uh, you know, just like I can't stand Lisa. Uh, you know, Lisa and Shut up! Come is on, Lisa yeah, in the me studio? Is yeah, in actually, yeah, that was exactly. Pat Oswalt tells a joke whenever George Bush is up for his second election, and he is trying to talk to the crowd about how all the things that he would rather see happen than George Bush be elected to a second term. And he's, you know, and I use this to this day, like when there's something I just can't even stand the thought of. Uh, and he was like, I would rather watch a puppy, a brand new puppy freeze to death on my doorstep on Christmas morning than see George Bush elected to a second term. And I think I, I'm sure I was lifted, but I was crying laughing just the, so the, the visual that I got from that. My pick of the week would be uh, Ali Wong. <laughs> baby cobra. Frozen puppy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Frozen puppy now, show. Did he, did he find a frozen puppy or did he just watch it freeze? No, he wanted. He had to watch it freeze to death. He had to. Yeah, out the window Man. versus seeing him be elected again. Hey, kick uh, a show tonight, lady boys, says the 314304. Well, thanks. Awesome, Thank man. You. Wow, people are listening. You're so, right. So, yeah, that's... Uh, Hey, let's talk a little bit about the Mo Canacon. I, I would love got... to. I would love to, but we got to make it real fast. Just real quick. Uh, we got October 27th and 28th, correct? Yes. MoCanacon.com. It's a Friday, Friday and a Saturday? We're, we're Saturday and a Sunday. Okay. And we're going to do a Friday event. We've still got some things in the in the works. But uh, buy your tickets sooner than later because it will sell out. There's only going to be three to 500 tickets available, depending on how fast they go. Uh, but we got new speakers coming all the time. Uh, yeah. Special guests. Uh, most recently, I've got Tony Kirk, the former police chief of Moscow Mills. Huge. I've also got the Turner family, Colton Turner. You, you yeah. know his story. He was in a wheelchair in Illinois, moved to Colorado. He had Crohn's, was dying. He was the cannabis patient of the year or whatever. Yeah, illegally healed Colton's crew. They're going to be out there, a special guest telling his story. So we have just some most amazing people coming out. MoCanacon.com. Definitely get there. Get your tickets before they're yeah. gone. If you or a loved one is is not sleeping well, or in constant pain, two of the worst things that I see people go through, please consider buying tickets to this and educating yourself. That's what we've been kind of trying to do all day today. It's yeah. a patient-first conference. Yes, it is. And that's why, why would, why would you go to this? You want to learn how marijuana can help your life. Yeah. You, someone you love, if you want to know the ins and outs of it when it becomes legal here in this state, go to this conference so you're prepared for legalization in Missouri. Let's do it. Guys. This uh, whole presentation is brought to you by Blake here at the Mo- Missouri Medical Cannabis Company, MoMedCanCo.com. Lifetime STL, Lifetime Roofing and Renovation brings you to the second hour. Check out James Carlton State Farm. I'm Craig. That's Steve. We have Blake in studio, Roman over there in the corner, and Seth running the boards. We love you guys. Be well, Hoosiers. Love bye. You guys. Bye, weirdos.